Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you after the Bengals week three, pretty heartbreaking loss against the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, Cincinnati uh, fell behind early, made a lot of mistakes, um, a lot of familiar mistakes, and uh, the, the Bengals paid dearly for them. Uh they went into Buffalo. Uh, they were a touchdown underdogs. They they covered the spread, I guess, if you want to look for some positives. Um, but, uh, you know, fell behind early. A lot of different mistakes. Came back. Almost had the game in hand. And, of course, uh, you know, an interception at the end ended the game early for the Bengals. Um, there is a lot to get to. I'll be here for a few minutes. I'll be looking at uh, some, some questions and comments that you may have. There are... Uh, um, I'm simultaneously streaming on the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel as well as the CincyJungle.com Facebook page. So I'm kind of scanning both of those for questions and comments. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of blame to go around. I see right here, Anthony F. Shepard says all Opie Dalton's fault. All, um, not all his fault, but he did not play well today. This, this, especially through the first half, that was one of the worst games I think I've seen Andy Dalton play. He settled in later when the play calling was better, when um, you know the, the protection held up. But he looked very skittish throughout. He sensed pressure that wasn't there. I saw times when he scrambled out of pressure, and instead of looking downfield to potentially make it play, he either threw it out of bounds immediately, just checked down immediately, and I don't know. I don't know if he's in the best headspace. I know that's a difficult place to play. It was very loud. Uh, some of the communication issues with the with the receivers were apparent, but. Um, it wasn't all his fault, but he was a big problem today. Uh, two interceptions, missed on a lot of throws. Uh, the last one to Auden Tate, you know, you would hope Auden Tate with his great catching radius would make that play, but it was high and behind him. All day, Dalton, even when he was hitting guys, uh, it, the things seemed to be a hair off. His accuracy seemed to be a hair off. You know, there was the play to Ross where you can blame Dalton or you can blame John Ross. You can blame both of them. Uh, slightly overthrown ball. Ross extends, hits a couple fingertips, can't come down with the ball. Um, you know, there was a couple plays, a nice plays to Boyd across the middle, but there are times where he had to stop on his route, make the catch and continue on because the ball was behind him. The, the last interception there, uh, you know, like I said, high and behind out and Tate, he tips it up and it was a gimme interception for the Bills defense. So, um, you know, there. This is this is Andy Dalton in a nutshell, right? Uh, he he put them in a hole early, as well as a lot of other di- people did on that team. He got them in a hole early. He helped them climb out of it, and then at the end, when they needed him, did not uh, did not end up playing. Uh, did not make the plays that needed to be made. A couple of nice throws on that final drive, but that last one, um, you know, really cost them there. So, 
Uh, not a good day for Dalton. Uh, up and down day for the offensive line. There were times where they created a nice pocket for Andy Dalton. There were times where the running game was going well, and there are times where it was not. Uh, Billy Price was in the lineup for Michael Jordan, so um, I, I would say this is probably the best performance by the offensive line, which really isn't saying much through these first three weeks, but probably the best performance by the the Bengals' offensive line to this point. Maybe Billy Price in at left guard is is the reason for that. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but they, you know, Joe Mixon had over four yards of carry, had a couple of nice plays on a screen pass, uh, you know, in the passing game. And, and you know, they set things up pretty well on the offensive line. Not a good day by them, but uh, I guess good by their standards or the standards that we have since had to, uh, since had to hold them to. Um, you know, the other thing that, I, I would be remiss if I if I didn't. I mean, just kind of we can continue talking about Dalton. I mean, there were three batted balls at the line. One of them ended up being completed. Um, you know, there, we can go on and on about Dalton. Not a good day from him, unfortunately, but did not help. At one point, he did not have help. At one point, John Ross in the early in the game, his first two targets, he had a drop on a ball right through his hands, and then a lost fumble. That doesn't help you. Um, you, you look at the defense. They had pressure on Josh Allen pretty frequently today. They did pretty well against the run, but when it came time to actually bringing Josh Allen down to the ground, they slid right off him. They couldn't grab him. I don't know if they were afraid of his mobility and escaping if they just kind of went right at him, but there are so many times they had him wrapped up, including on their last drive, and they did not bring him down. So that is not, obviously that is not uh, ideal for the defense there. Um, there was still some issues from linebacker play, some issues, of course, from the safety play. Both the safeties got tr absolutely trucked by Dawson Knox on a big play in the Bills' final drive. And really the thing is, you know, the coaching, the clutch gene, all that stuff, it comes into question. You know, this team, you know, they climb back into the game and then when they, you know, they've made stops and, and got, you know, created a couple of turnovers, all of that. Then, final drive of the game, when they really need him to step up, they know they need to step up. A play like I just mentioned, Dawson Knox, like a 40, 50-yard play um, all the way down the field where he trucks two defenders and drags guys and, you know, really a statement drive. Third and goal at the one, uh, Frank, they let Frank Gore punch it in. So, you know, they don't come up clutch there. When they get the ball back to potentially get the game-winning touchdown, what do they do? They drive drive down and then throw an interception. The clutch gene in this team is not there. It wasn't there with Marvin Lewis. It doesn't appear to be there right now with Zach Taylor at the helm of this team. Speaking of Zach Taylor, a lot of issues with him, with his staff. Um, there were two different occasions where the Bengals had 12 men on the field. One of them cost uh, cost them pretty dearly, especially when you look at the grand scheme of the score and what how the, the game unfolded. Um, it was on an extra point. The, the Bills went for an extra point. The Bengals had 12 men on the field. So the, then the Buffalo Bills wisely opted to go for two and got it. So, you know, you kind of take that into, into equation there. It made, at the very end, it made the game a four-point game instead of potentially a three-point game or two-point game where, you know, the Bengals could have kicked a field goal and, and, and not, you know, not needed to throw potentially an interception, all that stuff. But a lot of what ifs, the play calling by Zach Taylor on offense, particularly in the first half was questionable at best, very uninspiring, nothing creative. I'm looking for the guy that was dialing up flea flickers and all kinds of different jet sweeps and different things in Seattle. That has not been seen these past two weeks. I don't know if everybody's kind of gun shy because of 
the offensive line, the injuries, all of that. But, um, you know, just a really, really frustrating game. Very frustrating game uh, on a, from a number of different standpoints. Probably the most frustrating aside that was out of the Bengals' control was the officiating. The, the officiating really cost the Bengals today. Um, there were a number of penalties and things that were called in different ways that affected the Bengals. I mean, you could you could go to a phantom holding call against Alden Tate on a kickoff. I didn't think of that was that egregious of a holding call that would that wiped out a Darius Phillips kickoff return for a touchdown. You had the fumble later in the game. Uh, I believe it was in the second quarter. Um, you know, Josh Allen. First of all, they ruled him out when he was about two feet away from the even stepping on the sideline. He wasn't even close. The ball falls down. Nick Vigil recovers it inbounds. He was not touching the strike when he recovered the ball. They ruled it Buffalo ball and a first down because the ball advanced for the offense. So I don't really understand that one. There was a roughing the passer penalty on Andrew Brown. Uh, you know. It just uh, it compounded things of their own, you know, their own issues, their own mistakes. Seeing the officials really work against them today was uh, was not fun to watch. Not fun to watch. Um, Chris Weston, if we go to zero and four next week, I think it's time to just focus on next year's draft pick. Um, I mean, zero and three is, you know, you're not really doing much at zero and three in terms of postseason plans. So. Um, you know, I, I, the season isn't over, but this was a must-win game. And what drives me nuts, if you really look at the scope of what happened these first three weeks, this is a team who could very well be 2-1 and one right now. Uh, this was a very winnable game today. The Bengals had it in their grasp. They even had it in their grasp despite all the mistakes. Um, they, they should have walked out of Buffalo with a win today. I, I don't think Buffalo as a 3-0 and team really impressed me. They, they're pretty good on defense, but... Overall, that was not a, a, an overly impressive team to me. No offense to them. They are 3-0, so kudos. But really, they beat their first two games. They were away games. They didn't even leave the state of New York. They played both, well, I guess Jersey, if you really consider it. But they have barely had to leave in their quote-unquote away games. They played both the Jets and the Giants. And then, of course, they have the home opener in New York itself, Buffalo. So, you know, they didn't really have to travel very much. Um, and then their wins are against, you know, a te- teams that are, you know, not don't have very stellar records at this point. Regardless, I feel like the Bengals could have won today. I feel like they could have walked out of Seattle victorious, but they just are doing those dumb mistakes that you see from inexperienced teams, from an inexperienced coaching staff, from teams that are, quote unquote, learning to win. And um, they they haven't figured it out. They haven't figured it out. Uh, this is where I, you know, I see this, uh, Rodrigo's Rodrigo Saavedra says bad team. Yes. And no. Um, I mean, like I said, this could be a two and one team right now. We could be kind of sitting here saying, you know, what's, what's next? You know, this Pittsburgh Steelers game is, you know, means a lot. Uh, I, I guess it's not really a bad team. It's, I don't know, a mentally weak team, a, uh, I mean, they have their flaws for sure. They have their flaws. Tackling remains an issue. Um, consistency remains an issue. Some of the coaching decisions remain an issue. So, uh, you know, there are, there are things that obviously this is a flawed team. This is a flawed roster, but I, I don't think that this is necessarily a bad team. There are a lot of talented players on this team. I think they're still trying to figure out, you know, the offensive line is Billy Price in the long-term plans as a starter. 
Um, they're trying to figure out the best schemes. They're trying to figure out if Andy Dalton is a long-term answer under Zach Taylor. I don't, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things at play. And I think, unfortunately, with a coaching turnover, the Bengals tried to sell it that they weren't a team in transition. They weren't a team that was rebuilding. I think, unfortunately, this is a kind of find yourself year for the Bengals. You know, find out who you're keeping around. If Zach Taylor is your guy long term, um, you know, find out who's going to start. Find out what your draft needs are, um, you know, and, and go from there. I just I do look at this team though and these flaws on this team, and I can't help but look at how the Bengals set themselves up for this in slow free agency periods, ineffective usage of draft picks, and 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 bad luck in terms of injuries on some of those high draft picks. You look at that in these areas that are weak on this team: offensive line, linebacker, um, maybe even the secondary, and uh, you know you can't help but think back to the slow free agency periods, the misses on draft picks, things of that nature, you know, Jonah Williams on the sideline, AJ green on the sideline, none of that helps. So um, I, you know, it's hard. It's, it's hard for me to call this team a truly bad team. Obviously it's, it sounds weird to say when they're own three, but um, you know, for me, I don't think they're overly bad. I just think they're making very, very, poor decisions they're making uh they're making mental mistakes that that good teams do not do um so i guess if if you want to consider that a bad team you can i i think the talent is somewhat there obviously they, they have some areas they need to address but um it's just it to me it's it's mental mistakes it's bad tackling so a lot of that to me goes back to coaching and goes back to front office decisions um on, on some of these guys uh again i'm anthony Cazenza with cincyjungle.com and the orange and black insider. Um, thanks for tuning in here. I know we've, uh, it's, it's probably, you know, a lot of us are, um, not feeling too great about what the result was here, but, um, I'm seeing a lot of this stuff about Andy Dalton and the batted passes in our live YouTube chat. Um, you know, I, there were three batted balls by, by uh, of Dalton's today. Um, one got completed, two others didn't. And then he had, you know, like I said, he was kind of just slightly misfiring. It was windy there. So maybe that played into it, but, um, Dalton overall to me did not play very well today. Uh, and this is a team that needs their quarterback to play well in order for them to have a chance. They just, that's why in, in Seattle, they had a chance, um, in that game because Dalton played pretty well, but you know, I, I, I it's, I don't know how much more we can talk about Andy Dalton. Um, I mean, we could talk about him a lot, I guess, but I mean, by now we're in our ninth season with him. We know the ups and downs. We know he's a streaky guy. He's a streaky guy, both from game to game, week to week. And he's also a streaky guy in game. Uh, and those streaks go both ways, the bad Andy, the good Andy. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time. Uh, giving good anal uh, analysis on, on Dalton right now, because um, he, he teases you, he teases you. Right. Um, so I don't know. A lot of people are saying this is a bad Addison white. This is a bad, bad team. Uh, Addison Wiley, excuse me. Um, a lot of, 
my favorite college team is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it depends on your definition of bad, right? If you think it's talent deficient, I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong, but I think there is, there are talented players on this team. I just see a lot of mistakes being made by players that shouldn't be made uh, mistakes by the quarterback. There are mistakes by veterans on the offensive line. There are mistakes. Today I saw, I saw a play and I don't know if Carlos Dunlap was hurt, but it was on the final drive, I believe of the bills. Um, Josh Allen kind of scrambled out to the right and Dunlap just kind of trotted after him. And that's, that was very, um, you know, and again, he could have been injured or something like that, but it just seemed like the effort level wasn't there. It seemed like the the defensive line linebackers had Josh Allen in their grasp a number of times and just kind of didn't complete the tackle. Uh, I get, he's a big guy and he's a strong kid, but I don't know. This is kind of, some of these things are mental. Um, and, uh, you know, that's where I kind of look at maybe coaching and, and other areas, but, um, there are a lot of things to fix on this team, a lot of things to fix their own three, um, you know, and, uh, I don't know, Steph, Stefan Hoffman says the batted balls could be O-line. Yeah, it could be, um, you know, they're not, they're not kind of anchoring their guy properly and they're allowing the, those guys to get their big paws up and, and bat it down, but there are plays where Andy Dalton kind of telegraphs where he's going. And a lot of times effective defensive line coaching is if, if you're in a pass play and you know, you're not getting to the quarterback, you know, you're maybe stifled as being blocked. Um, you get your hands up to, to clog passing lanes, to knock the ball down. And teams are doing that against Andy Dalton. He's had frequent passes batted away at the line. So um, that is, is an issue is an issue. Um, I'm going to be here for a few more minutes. I'm trying to get to a lot of the questions and comments. Appreciate you all tuning in again. I'm Anthony Cazenza from Cincy jungle and the orange and black insider. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of comments about what about this? What about this? Really? It was a, even if the Bengals had won, I mean, obviously we'd be feeling a lot better about things, but it was a frustrating game to watch. Um, the first, the first, Two quarters were absolutely deplorable from an offensive standpoint. They barely had the ball. I think it was 17-plus minutes to 7-plus minutes in terms of time of possession in the first half. Um, it, it just not a fun game to watch. Then you compound that with the bad officiating. You compound that with the silly mistakes, the bad tackling. Um, really just not a fun, fun game to watch. Um, I like the Bengals' response, uh, both with what happened in this game and the response in terms of the game last week. And they seem to be kind of close, but it's they also seem pretty far with these mistakes. Um, They're just mistakes that just do not uh, that good teams don't don't make. Um, Yeah, Stephen Fedor says first half seventy yards. Yeah, it was pathetic. Um, I think at one point, you know. Andy Dalton was in the into the second quarter. Andy Dalton was three of eight for seven yards. I mean, that's that's not how you get it done. So, um, Chris Weston just teeing up a huge question here. Complete honesty: Do you see any Bengals team winning a Super Bowl under Mike Brown's ownership? No, I don't. Um, and I, I hate to say that. Uh, that's not to say that that wouldn't be the case if his daughter and son-in-law and other family members take over once he's out of the picture um, that I would probably have a, a little bit of a less jaded viewpoint there. But I think that there is um, there's an inherent issue from top 
through the rest of the organization in this in this uh, in this team. I heard today that the Buffalo Bills on the telecast, the Buffalo Bills signed 22 unrestricted free agents this last free agency period. Um, now, all, all obviously, some of those are their own guys, and the Bengals like to sign their own guys, and we can, you know applaud the contract to Tyler Boyd, applaud the contract extension to Giovanni Bernard, and rightfully so. Those are good moves. But, um, you know, teams, when they've when they've gone out and got a new coach, so McDermott, I believe, is in his third season now with the Bills. Um, he had them kind of competitive last year. What, what that ownership has done is they said, we're going to spend in free agency. We're going to get you what we believe is a franchise quarterback, and we're going to see how you do. And um, we're going to kind of start this thing over and, and go from there. Mike Brown does not really – I don't feel that he fully sets up his coaches to, to succeed. Um, and that's a disservice to Marvin Lewis. That's a disservice to Zach Taylor. The Bengals are notoriously slow in free agency, and the guys they do get are average-ish starters. John Miller, average guard. Um, you know, they re-signed Bobby Hart to a, a questionable contract. I, there's just – there's not a lot of – uh, emphasis on winning now, it seems like. And, you know, and I, I think they are still puffing out their chest, they being the front office and the team, puffing out their chest of what they built, what they had built between 2011 and 2015. And, you know, they think that they're smarter than than all of us. And, you know, that's that's the case. They're in football management and we are not. But they are not making wise decisions in, in my eyes. And you see it by the, the lack of results they're netting in draft picks, especially in rounds one and three over, over the past few drafts. Not good. These linebacker projects they take on, not good. The offensive line has never been the same since they decided to let both Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler walk. So there, there's a string of bad decisions that may, were made at the top that is obviously – affecting the team and has affected it now for going on four years. So um, I think they are still kind of puffing out their chest about what they had built a few years ago in those five straight postseason berths. Um, but they still haven't won a, a, a postseason game. Uh, they still, since the, the, you know, the, the season of the Super Bowl season or, you know, late eighties, early nineties there. So, um, you know, they are to me, Mike Brown, um, I've met the man. He's a very nice man. Uh, he's, a, he's a cordial guy. Uh, I, I just think that they have a very narrow-minded view on how to build a football team, and it's, it's, not, it's not a successful way to do it. Um, now, that's not to say that Zach Taylor, his staff, they maybe get a generational talent at quarterback either next year or the year after, what have you, and they kind of round out the, the team and they, um, you know, they catch lightning in a bottle like Sam Weish did, but uh, I just, I, I don't know. I don't see it. And I, and I see this, I see mistakes right now as we sit here, I see mistakes that are being made by this team that either were already being made under Marvin Lewis or were not being made under Marvin Lewis uh, mental mistakes and things of that nature that uh, really are a sign of a team that, that, you know, a bad team, right. Whether that's talent deficient, just poor coaching, both, whatever, however you want to label it. Um, that's just, I'm seeing things, I'm seeing signs of regression. I'm seeing signs of regression from some of the players that were some of the better players in the league last year and Jesse Bates and, and Sean Williams, some of the two better players on their team. I'm seeing regression. Um, I saw some regression today from Andy Dalton. Um, you know, I, I, that worries me. Um, and 
you may not, I think we kind of all were maybe a little bit resigned to the fact that this was going to be a little bit of a difficult year because of the new coaches and all of that. This may be a transitional year, but I, I think I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I didn't expect some of the mental errors. Um, and, you know, you, you heard the players hype up Zach Taylor. You heard a lot of people hype up the staff and we're going to be better than people think and all of that. And here we are, 0-3, when two games fell right through their fingertips that that really could have helped them going forward. The Bengals now head, head to Pittsburgh to, to finish off the month of September. So um, that one doesn't seem – it's not as daunting as it usually is because there's no Ben, there's no Bell, there's no Brown. But, um, you know, that doesn't seem like a very good game, and the Steelers have obviously had the Bengals number in um, – in recent years. So that's on Monday night. Thanks for tuning in guys. We're going to get out of here. I've vented and ranted. I'm sure you guys have done the same already as, as it is in case you're just joining us. The Bengals uh, tried to make a comeback against the bills lost, lost in week three, 17 to 21 um, last minute interception as the Bengals were driving down potentially for the game winning touchdown. And um Started off very slow, rallied back in the second half, and unfortunately it wasn't enough. They're now 0-3. They've got the Steelers on the docket. We'll see where they go from here. I'm Anthony Kazenza. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis, breaking news, all that stuff. Check out our podcast, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We've also got a couple of different podcasts joining the SB Nation, Cincy Jungle Slate. Uh, so uh, some some film study uh, by one of our by one of our contributors on Cincy Jungle and some others. So uh, keep it there. We like to mix it up, but appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll see you next Monday as we break down what happens on that, uh, on that Monday night contest. Have a good one.